welcome back to another episode of Spilling the Tea. I cannot believe we are on episode seven. My plan for this season of the podcast is 12 episodes, so we're more than halfway through. I hope you're all enjoying the episode so far. Um, Follow me on Instagram if you haven't already, because at the end of each um, episode each week, I actually do like almost like a little pop quiz online. So it's good just to do those and just to check in and see what you've learned from the previous episodes. Today, I would say we're talking about like the holy grail topic that I get the most in my DMs and my clients. We are talking PMS. That is painful periods, migraines, sore boobs, cramps, insomnia, acne. Gals, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The list could go on and on and on. And today we're going to talk about why you get PMS and more importantly, how we get rid of it. So let's spill the tea. So PMS stands for premenstrual syndrome. You're also going to hear it sometimes called premenstrual tension and they're literally the exact same things. It's just a matter of who you're talking to. And if you haven't listened to the first episode, I would say just go back and listen to that one first because we kind of explain how your cycle works. I'm going to be talking about hormones called estrogen and progesterone today. And it's good just to have an understanding of like literally where they're coming from. So pause this go make coffee, go for a walk, listen to the first episode and then come back to this one. Um, If you've already listened to it, well then let's keep going. So the big thing that I always say is PMS is the same whether you are 11 or whether you are 40 and you're perimenopausal. It's caused by low progesterone in comparison to our other hormone estrogen like how mad is it that we don't understand this because it would just make life so much easier if this is something we were taught in school like imagine going into first year in school and understanding how to not have PMS like honestly I I don't understand it now lucky for you I'm going to give you all the tips out today so even if you have listened to the first episode I'm just going to do a little crash course a little recap on what we went through and basically short version is your cycle split into two different sections the first half, you're going to have your estrogen phase and estrogen makes things grow. This is a thing to always remember about estrogen. It also makes you happy and horny, which of course we want loads of. <laughs> but think about your period like a water balloon and estrogen fills up this water balloon. So what that means is if you don't have enough estrogen, you may not get a period at all or your period is going to be very, very light. If you have too much estrogen on the other side, your period is going to end up being quite heavy because think about it, too much water in the water brain, obviously it's going to be too heavy. The second half of your cycle then, we have a hormone called progesterone. And I literally, guys, you've heard me talk about progesterone. If I could bathe in this and bottle it and use it as perfume, I would. It is the most stunning hormone because it makes your period lighter. It helps with PMS. It's a natural anti-anxiety hormone, like ticking all the boxes. And as I said there, it's lack of progesterone that causes PMS. So this is what we're going to look at today. So why is progesterone low? How come we're lacking in progesterone? Well, the first reason is due to stress. And basically think about it like this. It's like as if there's one main hormone and this main hormone either makes progesterone or it makes stress hormones like mad. And if your body needs more stress, it's going to take away from the progesterone and it's going to be given to stress instead. So I always say stress steals your progesterone. And 
the big thing to understand here, like I think when I say the word stress, even to my clients, they're like, no, 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 I'm not stressed. I'm grand. Like I'm actually fine. Because people associate stress with like bawling, crying, come home from work or like being overwhelmed or, you know, having money worries or like, you know, f- stress where it's affecting sleep and day to day life, which and obviously that is stress. But if I change the wording, then I say, OK, well, are you busy? And people are like, oh, geez, yeah, I'm so busy. Like, I don't have an hour to myself during the day. Like, I'm up in the morning, I'm out all day, work out, I go to the gym, I'm making dinners, I'm doing lunches, and their day is mad. The same adrenaline is kicking in. Like, your body does not know whether stress comes from being emotionally stressed and worrying about X, Y, Z, or being just up the walls because you've had a mad day, even if it is good stress. So that's the first thing to just be aware of. It's not always bad stress that can kind of steal your progesterone. We also look at then other stresses that people never ever think of. The first one being being hangry. And guys, I think you all know what I'm talking about here. Like where I know I'm guilty of this. I am a hangry monster when I haven't eaten. And literally your body is triggering stress. It's thinking, oh my God, we're going to die. We're never going to be fed again. And it will trigger stress hormones. My biggest tip for balancing blood sugars, that's like the fancy way of saying not letting yourself get hangry, is making sure you're eating protein with your meals. And the best analogy, and you will all remember me saying this next time you're putting your meals together, is plan meals the way Irish mammies plan dinners. So if you're in your mom's or think about like your granny making you dinner and you're like, mom, what's for dinner? She's going to be like, oh, I have salmon now. We're doing chicken. I have a bolognese there. I have pork chops. We're doing a bit of steak. Now, obviously you have plant-based proteins in there as well, but Irish mammies for me anyway, and I'm sure a lot of you growing up like chickpeas and lentils and falafels and, you know, chickpeas, stir fries and stuff probably weren't on the menu as much, but obviously they are a source of protein as well. But think about it this way, Irish mammy dinners, the protein is always the centre of the meal. Your mum would never dream of giving you just potatoes or just like broccoli and carrots and nothing else with it. And yet... People happily have toast for breakfast. People happily have porridge and berries for breakfast. And porridge and berries is like me giving you potatoes and carrots with nothing else. It's just a carb. And what's going to happen is if we just eat carbs is your blood sugars crash much quicker than if you had protein with it. So that's what I mean by plan your meals by Irish mammy's plan dinners. Next time you're having breakfast in the morning, even if it is a porridge, You don't have to have like animal protein with every single meal. You know, stuff like nuts and seeds are also a source of protein here. So adding in flax seeds or nut butter or Greek yogurt, um, they're all really handy sources there to make sure that you're getting some sort of protein if you're into cereals in the morning. Obviously, eggs is great. You can get your protein shakes. So there's loads of ways to get protein in. Um, Snacking on fruit is another downfall I would see. Um, If you're having fruit, make sure to have it with a handful of nuts or have it with nut butter or banana or yogurt loads of ideas and last but not least the other downfall now obviously we're coming into summer now so it's not as um as much of an issue vegetable soup gals think about what vegetable soup is let's just deconstruct that for a second okay your vegetable soup is literally a bowl of vegetables a stock cube and a glass of water now imagine your nana giving that to your granddad for dinner he would die of shock he would be like, where is the meat? <laughs> so it's just something to think about that. It's it's just society, the way we just we just think that's just proper meals. If you had porridge and berries in the morning and an apple as a snack for, you know, in mid-morning and then vegetable soup for lunch, by four o'clock you are starving and you eat 10 biscuits. So that is really, really important is blood sugar balancing. And even just for cravings as well. Like if you feel like you're mindlessly snacking during the day, craving sugar, 
this really, really important way of reducing sugar cravings. So, so far we have stress from being busy. We've blood sugar imbalancing. Caffeine triggers stress. Just be aware of how much coffee you're drinking. Diet Coke has caffeine, although you can also get now caffeine-free Coke Zero, which is stunning. Like, so good. Um, We also, green tea has caffeine in it. Dark chocolate has caffeine in it. So it's just about being aware of it because you might be having all this caffeine without even thinking about it. And it's, it is going to trigger stress. And again, like a more dramatic way of thinking about this is imagine you're being chased by a bear like five times a day. (laughs) Your body is obviously not going to be happy with that. So by taking in caffeine that regularly, it is triggering this stress hormone and your body's like, fuck, what's going on? There's something wrong. The house on fire. The bear is back chasing me. So something to think about. And then we also have things like your sleep, like if you've poor sleep, broken sleep, you're going to bed too late, not getting enough sleep. That also is a form of stress on the body. So straight away, you can see how easy it is for your body to steal your progesterone. And my analogy I always give for progesterone is imagine it like a bag of popcorn. So you have your Manhattan bag of popcorn and every time you have a cup of coffee, every time you get hangry, every time you're worried about work, every time you're doing a really intense hit workout, because again, hit workout, are you being chased by a bear? Are you going for a run? Like, which one is it? You're walking over and you're stealing a piece of popcorn. And once or twice, you're grand, you've loads left. But if you're doing it constantly every single day, your poor progesterone is going to be a bit depleted at the end. Now, supplement wise, there is certain things we can add in. And like, okay, so my opinion on supplements, and I know a lot of nutritionists have different opinions on this, but we shouldn't need them. Like, let's be real. The human race has got this far without needing supplements But at the same time, we have never experienced the level of pollution, poor quality food, um, antibiotic use, medication use, stressors. We are living in such a toxic world at the moment. And I know this might sound a bit dramatic, but we just are. It's just the way society is. So in certain times, I'm like, well, thank God we have supplements. And like, I could even say this for myself, like, I'm here giving you the information, but I could even probably take on some of this. Like I would live a mad, like, like I think I had three coffees today before I even record this podcast because I've been so busy this week. I've had so much on and like I've been doing exactly what I tell my clients not to do and use coffee for energy. Obviously not ideal. But then every night this week, I've also made sure to take my magnesium because magnesium supports the body with stress and helps sleep. I made sure then today to take my B vitamins in the morning because that also helps with stress. So I think in certain circumstances, supplements are amazing to support the body when you're like, I can't just quit my job and go to Hawaii. I need to actually be able to focus here. So that's when I find supplements really good. And again, my go-to progesterone supplements will be B vitamins. So B vitamins are for energy, stress, mood, and PMT. Um, Magnesium is amazing for sleep. It's amazing for anxiety, really, really good for stress. It's actually very good for constipation as well. Um, I would also use in this supplement um, a herb called chaseberry. And I think I've mentioned this a few times. Like if you're following the podcast religiously, you've definitely heard me mention chaseberry. So in case you don't know, I'm trying to be a herbalist at the moment. Oh my God. Like, do you ever start something? You're like, why am I doing this? No, the end is inside. It just ashing right now is like, oh God, I just have so much work to do. So even me talking about now, I'm like, oh my God. No, in saying that, it is fascinating what I have learned in the last years in herbal medicine and literally what I've been saying the whole time is 
100% herbs are here for us to, to use. We just, I think, have lost it, especially in kind of the Western world. Like, it's just something that people don't go to. But there's a herb called chaseberry, or the, the Latin name is Vitex agnus castus. And this herb works by supporting progesterone levels. It almost like protects your brain from stress. And it's like as if you're up the walls and I'm walking over to cup of tea in a blanket. I'm like, you're grand, don't be worrying, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> so this, the level of stress hasn't changed, but your body's ability to cope with it has actually improved. Like amazing, like how deadly are herbs? So that is a really, really lovely herb to add in as well if you're suffering with PMS um, in the second half of your cycle. Like I have amazing results with Chaseberry. And the other stunning herb, I'm sure a lot of you have heard before, it's quite trendy at the moment. I see a lot of people on Instagram talking about it, is one called ashwagandha. Latin name is Bethania uh, Sophia. And um, it's just, again, the most amazing herb. This herb's called an adaptogen. And the way adaptogens work is it gives you energy. We need to have energy and helps relax. We need to relax. Like, again, they're obviously here for us to use. It's a lovely herb for sleep as well. So they're kind of my go-to with clients. Now, I'm not saying everyone should be on those herbs. It's just me giving you that information so you can go and kind of look into it yourself. Um, I do have a supplement pack actually on my shop on aoknutrition.com called the PMS pack. And in the PMS pack, we have our chaseberry, we have our B vitamins, and I have omega-3 as well, which I will talk about in a little while. Um, but... You, if you are listening to this, you will get 10% off um, using the code spilling the tea. So definitely have a little look in our online shop and pick it up if it's something that you're like, I need to support my body with stress. I'm over the walls. So progesterone is low from stress. Another reason progesterone might be low is you may not have ovulated because progesterone only gets made if you have ovulated. And this is kind of more for people, I would say, who randomly have that really bad month where you're like, I never have PMS. What the hell is going on? My boobs are never sore or I never have heavy periods. And all of a sudden that month, like all hell breaks loose and you're like, like literally what is going on? It could be that month you just skipped ovulation. And it actually is more common than you think because stress can stop ovulation. There's loads of different reasons why. It's really, really common when we're teenagers um, think about being in school like when you're a teenager and you get those randomly heavy really heavy periods out of nowhere because put it this way right if you um, only have estrogen in your cycle imagine you're filling up your water balloon aka your period for four weeks and you don't make any progesterone so progesterone it's like as if I always say your period grows for the first two weeks of your cycle progesterone kicks in and progesterone lightens your period and almost like holds it in and when you run out of progesterone you get your period but instead of that happening, you're just growing, 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 growing that water balloon for the four weeks. And then almost like it bursts and it's really heavy and it's really painful. So if you're someone you're like, oh, I actually don't know if I am ovulating. And guys, go back again, like me talking about ovulation now, you'll understand what I mean by this. If you've listened to episode one, if you've listened to my episode about irregular cycles. So just go back and have a little binge of the other episodes if this is the first one that you're listening to. And um, so obviously making sure ovulation, you're ovulating is so important. So we have stress. We have making sure that you're ovulating. Another reason why progesterone is low is because estrogen is too high. And this is the first time I've really talked about estrogen properly. So, you know, let's let's really go into depth here. This is a really, really important topic. And if you understand, understand this, I promise it'll make your life so much easier. So let's say you do manage to cope with stress and your stress levels have come up a little bit and you've kind of saved your progesterone, 
But all of a sudden, your estrogen is still way too high. It's like your progesterone can never compete with that. They're meant to be on par with each other. So what's meant to happen is we want equal amount of estrogen and we want equal amount of progesterone. So it's like managing stress and cope with estrogen at the same time. So what makes estrogen high? Where is this coming from? And excess estrogen, I've kind of mentioned at the start, are things like heavy periods, sore boobs, water retention, bloating, kind of those real heavy symptoms of PMS, where I would say low progesterone can kind of more be linked with mood and migraines and skin. So I've seen this quite a lot with clients, like people come back to me and their mood is actually like their, their mood is perfect. They're like, I feel great at the moment. I didn't even know I was getting my period tomorrow. And then all of a sudden their period is still really, really heavy. So for those people, I'd be saying, okay, your progesterone's actually fine at the moment, but your progesterone still can't compete with the level of estrogen that you have. So hopefully that makes sense. It might even help you understand for you personally, like what you need to work on more. I would say 90% of people you have to work on both anyway but for certain women it's, it might just be low progesterone like they don't have heavy periods at all and it's kind of more they just need to focus on stress so talk about estrogen the first thing I look at when someone comes into me with um, excess estrogen or PMS is if they're constipated what is their digestion like and I remember years ago I had a client so I always ask about obviously digestion on my consultation sheet and I had a girl come in a few years ago and she didn't take constipation on the form and we were chatting through everything and I was like, okay, and like, obviously, you're, you know, you go to the toilet every day and she's like, oh, no, 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 I go to the toilet once a week. And I was like, once a week? And she's like, yeah, maybe once every like six or seven days I'd have a bowel movement. And I'm like, that's constipation. And she's like, no, 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 it's not because that's, I, like, that's always been like that. Like, I've, that's what it's always been like. And I'm like, no, that's constipation. So... It, it obviously made me realise you're not sitting around with a gas for like girls tea being like, right, how many times have you poo this week? It's something that we just don't talk about. But from a nutritionist perspective, you need to have like good quality bowel movements. And what I mean by that is we always think of like a long snake like poo, like it shouldn't be like rabbit poo. It shouldn't be very, very loose. Um, you know those poos you don't have to wipe. We all know. That's what you're aiming for, right? <laughs> and I think any of my clients would be like, I'm always asking about their poo and they get real embarrassed. And I'm like, guys, it's literally my job. Like, let's talk about poo. Let's talk about cervical mucus. Tell me all. So um, don't be embarrassed. We all poo. Uh, but anyway, sorry. So it's really, really important that you're digesting and um, that you're on toilet properly because this is how you get rid of hormones. And put it this way, if you're only going to the toilet once a week, that estrogen is sitting there. Nothing to do. It's only being removed from the body once a week. And it's like, ah, feck it. We'll go over here and make her her, um, her periods heavy or let's make her boobs three times bigger over here. So number one is digestion. I could probably do a whole episode on digestion and constipation and things like this. But it's kind of more like if you feel like you are suffering a constipation, number one, I would say is keep a little food diary and see if you're getting bloated after certain meals. Number two is you could download an app like MyFitnessPal, not necessarily to track calories, but I would say more to track fiber because we should be eating between at least 30 grams of fiber a day. And lads, that's hard to do. You'd be so surprised how little fiber we eat. And this is the thing, like people are like, oh, I'm not going to the toilet. But I'm like, even if you had the best digestive system, like say you had the best gut health, you're taking all the right supplements, eating really good foods. If you're not eating fiber, your body has nothing to poo out. So a lot of people I would see like have really like high protein diets at the moment and protein doesn't make you poo. Protein kind of, it's like, it sits there. It doesn't push along. This thing called peristalsis, which is like how your, your, your poo basically moves along your body and fiber is needed for that. 
So um, I will do an episode on this, but just something to think about for anyone constipated, you need to look into this first. So digestion is number one. Number two, we know estrogen is made by the body and that's the one that makes you ovulate. That's the happy and horny estrogen. But lads, we have bad estrogen too. And this is the problem. Estrogen also comes from our environment. And what I mean by this, number one is food. Um, First food I look at is actually cow's milk dairy. And if you've listened to, I think it was the acne podcast a few um, episodes ago, I call them snotty kids. So if you're someone who's suffered with tonsils, ear infections, um, you know, sore throat, chest infections as children, maybe hay fever, you had then acne or had psoriasis or you had heavy periods. There's kind of these group of people who don't tolerate cow's milk very, very well. And normally it's these people who will be suffering with heavy periods or excess estrogen from cow's milk or they may become to drink milk five times a day and be absolutely grand. But if this sounds like you and you're like, oh my God, that is actually me to a T, definitely number one, go back and watch my highlight on my Instagram called cow's milk and then definitely listen to the acne podcast because I kind of explain a little more more detail then. But if you're like, that is me, you definitely need to look at cow's milk here because cow's milk can increase inflammation. And what happens here is the more inflammation triggers more estrogen, you're going to fill up that water balloon even more or obviously trigger more estrogen. So cow's milk is the first thing we look at. The second thing is soy. I honestly think soy, when you're in the nutrition world, is probably one of those controversial um, foods that there is. Like there's literally nutritionists going head to head. Certain people saying there's no research. Soy is absolutely fine. Soy is great for hormones and other people actually swearing it is the devil. I'm kind of in the middle because I don't think you can compare something like tofu or tempeh, which is like fermented soy, to soy yogurts and soy milk. Um, I think processed soy, like the yogurts and the milk, definitely make hormones worse. And it is interesting as well because the people I've seen swear blind that like there's no research and soy is amazing. I'm like, they don't work with clients. Like they're, they're maybe people more into research and things like that. But I know from clinical practice, guys, I'm in business eight years. I've worked with women for eight years in hormones. And I've seen such a difference when I tweak people's diets. Like I'd be like, instead of soy milk, instead of the yogurts, go on to coconut yogurts and have oat milk. And like that little simple swap might make such a big difference. So just something to think about that. If you've kind of said, right, dairy definitely doesn't greet me. I'm on all soy now instead. Just tweak it, try it next cycle and see if you notice a difference. But again, I'm not as concerned about like your edamame, which is soy, your tofu, like they're, they're not as processed as like the milk and the yogurts. Other places estrogen is going to come from is animal protein. And I'm kind of cautious with my words here because I, I only know as much as I've been told. It's something I've tried to look into so much. When I trained years ago, what I understood was that Irish meat is really good quality. And I think it still stands there. I know our meat in Ireland is amazing. Like if you've watched like Netflix documentaries, like Fork Over Knives and the ones that just tra- traumatise all, we all went vegan for a month afterwards. We cannot compare our meat here to like meat in the US. Like it's literally polar opposite. We've really good quality meat here. All of our cows here are grass fed. Like they're the, even the, the beef and the milk that they make is different to kind of US meat. So my understanding of meat in Ireland is they can't add any extra hormones to the meat, like growth hormones. So guys, think about it. Like before you get your period, who has their period brass? Like whose boobs get t- twice as big before you get your period? Because that's too much estrogen. Now, if I feed estrogen to a little chicken, 
what's going to happen? Express is going to get bigger. And then we walk into Dawn's and we're looking for the big express of chicken and grand. And you're taking in those hormones. So my understanding from this is they can't add any growth hormones to our animal protein. But certain times animals do have to have antibiotics in them and they have to have things obviously to keep them healthy. So they can still be in the meat. Um, so again, it's tricky. Like I eat meat myself. I'm just aware of the quality of meat that I have. So I always make sure like the boar be like the quality assured stickers on it. If even better, I'll go in and get like we went to the butchers and I know it's from Murphy's Farm up, you know, up the road. Now there's no farms really in Dublin, but maybe up in, you know, Carlo or something. Um, I'm sure people around the country will know farmers that are, you know, actually meat from their own farm. Um, I would try and avoid processed meat. So what I mean by that, like if you're picking up a packet of processed chicken, like even just look at the back of the packet and see how many extra ingredients are in that. Like it's not just chicken slices, it's chicken slices and 15 other ingredients because obviously that there's preservatives in it. So if you're somewhere in like Dunn's or Soup Value that have like a deli section, go up and ask them to slice off the chicken or slice off a bit of turkey or your ham for your lunches instead of buying the ones in like the plastic containers, like the, the processed meat. We all know what I'm talking about there. So reducing your meat, reducing your dairy, Keep an eye on the soy. They're the three things I think diet-wise is going to increase your estrogen levels. And then we have to look at our environment. And I remember learning this years ago in college. And I came home and I was like, we're going to take away. We're doomed anyway. I don't care. I'm over it. Like I was so overwhelmed by how much I learned that it took me so long to make the changes. Because I was like, well, I might as well be glam and like, you know, whatever. Like because basically are cosmetics first of all right there's things called xenoestrogens and xenoestrogens come into the body and our body's like all right who the hell are you you're not a hormone you're not a food and they're like just a chemical and they go fuck it let's just make it into hormone instead except they're estrogen mimickers so instead of this estrogen making you happy and horny it just gives you pms and it makes your boobs bigger and it makes your periods heavy. So it's the bad estrogen there that, that's coming into your system. And these are found, first of all, in plastic is probably the biggest culprit. So like if you're someone who you're reusing the same plastic bottle all the time for drinking your water, reheating plastic, like if you've plastic tubaware, like your cans of soup or sorry, your cartons of soup and you're putting them into the microwave and um, put them into the bowl instead. Cooking with plastic utensils. I was such a fiend for this. And it's only recently I realized, and I was like, oh my God, I didn't even think, like it's heating plastic. So imagine you're putting your hot spatula into your boiling hot curry. Um, in our house, we have all silicone products instead or bamboo or wooden, wooden products. Now they stain, it's the most annoying thing ever, but at least you're not putting plastic in your, in your hot curry, do you know? Um, so heating plastic, again, if you're sitting out and I know so many people are going to be like, oh my God, uh, on your desk and work and there's literally a plastic bottle sitting there in the window. Or if you leave your plastic bottle on the passenger seat of your car, I think people actually will probably know what I'm talking about here. If you ever tasted your water after leaving it in the hot car, it almost tastes a bit weird like that with the plastic in the water. The other ones people would never think of is tins. Tins have aluminium in them. So especially like tin tomatoes and stuff that's quite acidic and um, just by the the chopped tomatoes instead in like the carton. So just little things like that are really, really simple tips. Um, try and reduce plastic, number one. Second thing we do is look at our cosmetics. And this is what I mean by I came home and I was like, I love my tan. I don't want to throw that out. Like, I don't care. I'd rather have heavy periods and be happy and be, and be tanned. <laughs> And I know so many people are going to be the same, like, especially as Irish gals, we, we love our glam. So um, certain words you look out for here are things like parabens, silicones, 
uh, phthalates, right? And they're chemicals, fragrances in products. So if you have a body wash that has a fragrance or if you love your perfumes or if you love, you know, your hairsprays, like they're the kind of things, deodorant actually is another one as well. These, again, come into the body. Our body's like, I have no idea what to do with these. I'll just convert them into estrogen. So, guys, let's just think about it this way. Imagine you up in the morning, you have your shower, you wash your hair with your shampoo, you're using body lotion, body wash in the shower. Then you are putting on your tan, you're putting on foundation, you're putting hairspray in your hair, you're putting your geology on, you're putting on your perfume. And that is before you even take a sip of water, have your dairy, walk out of the house and, like, fumes go by in the car. Like, it's you know, we're bombarded by these chemicals. Now we're able to fix them. I'm going to talk about that in a second. But it's just about, I would say, reducing your toxic loads. You don't need to be in everything, but just start reducing them what you're using. So I think deodorant is a great place to start um, because what you're leaving on your skin, so my big things are deodorant, body lotion and fake tan because I'm a tan freak. Um, But the, the wild deodorant, I'm sure you've heard of this on Instagram. No, I'm not sponsored by them. Maybe I should be. But honestly, I have spent a small fortune on deodorants. And the reason the, the chemical ones work is because of chemicals. Like, that's why they're good. Um, I've used deodorants and like the sweat doesn't budge, like it does not come out. But the wild is, I find, definitely the best of, of the, a bad bunch kind of thing. It's really hard to find a really, really good, good deodorant. So love wild. Um, if you don't know, I also work with Tan Organic. Absolutely obsessed with them. I've been working with them now nearly about two years. And like what I always say about Tan Organic, like I'm one of their brand ambassadors. Um, I do obviously paid sponsorship with them. I am not an influencer. My bread and butter is my clinic. And if I take on board a sponsorship, it's because I actually adore the brand. And it's not because I need to pay my mortgage, if that makes sense. I feel like I have said no to so many brands. Obviously, so grateful people have gotten in touch with me by things. But I've, I'm so particular with who I work with because I can be because I have that luxury of doing that. So love Tan Organic. Every single one of their products has no chemicals in them. They're 100% organic. Obviously, <laughs> don't know if that was made clear by their name, but everything is organic. Everything is vegan. Um, I think especially if you're kind of on your fertility journey, like, you know, you're getting pregnant or in that kind of phase of your life, definitely get rid of the chemicals because this influences fertility quite a lot as well. Switch to Tan Organic instead. Um, they have lovely body lotion you can use after showers and stuff. Go on, I have a highlight saved on Tan Organic and I think I have another highlight saved. I think I called it Cosmetics possibly. And I just run through all my favourite products that I found which are more natural because lads, I have, this has taken me years because again, the reason the chemicals are good is because they have chemicals. Like let's be real. So think about it. Let's take a step back and be like, okay, you're mad busy in work. You're having loads of coffee. Your blood sugars are all over the place. You're doing three hit workouts a week. You're not sleeping properly. And at the same time, you're having loads of dairy in the diet. You um, love your tan, perfume every day. Like you can see how easy it is for our poor hormones just to shift. And I haven't even talked about constipation there. Let's say you're constipated with all of that included. No wonder your hormones can be so off. So, no, you're not doomed. Okay. This is again, my clients are like jaw down being like, Ash, like where, where's the hope? There's certain things we can do then to like mop up your hormones. And this is something that people are seriously lacking. Number one, there's foods called phytoestrogens. And with phytoestrogens, gals, think about them like sponges that mop up your hormones. And we want as much of these sponges as possible. If you walked into your bathroom and the whole place is flooded and all you have is a little face cloth to mop that up, it's going to take a bit of time. That's not really going to do much. And this is the same with these phytoestrogens. So foods that contain these are things like your oats, 
your flax seeds, your sesame seeds, and then we've plant-based proteins like chickpeas, lentils, your legumes, your hummus, your falafels, your kidney beans. And I know, I know so many of you are like, oh God, I never eat those foods. And again, we can blame our Irish mommy dinners. Like my mom was a herbalist and she's a naturopath. I don't think I ate hummus until I was probably like, I don't know, late, late teens in my twenties, maybe like, we certainly weren't having chickpea curries and like falafels. I definitely didn't try until my 20s. So it's not even our parents' fault. It's just it's just the way we were. Like it's just meat, veg, potatoes was, was an Irish dinner. I think our generation are a bit more open to these things. So simple things like I try to get my clients more like an oat-based breakfast maybe in the morning. Like if you love having Weetabix, have Odabix instead. Literally simplest swap ever. Add flaxseed in there. Great. If you love smoothies, add some oats into your smoothies. You can put your flaxseed in there as well. Um, I love oat cakes and hummus. Like that's a great little snack. Um, porridge bread. If you've never had a porridge bread, it is literally the most stunning bread ever. It's basically like proper Irish homemade soda bread but you make with oats and lads like if I can make it you can make it I am like the worst (laughs) faker ever it's so easy to make and I say to clients like throw in all the nuts and seeds in there as well to make it really high protein so even if you just fancy like toast in the morning there's enough in that just just on its own um Again, hummus, lentils, chickpeas, falafels. So really work on it. Take a step back and think about how many times in the last week have I had these foods? And if you can't really think about it, well, then you have no face cloth. You don't even have a small face cloth mopping up your hormones. So this is the thing. The more of these foods we eat, the more it's going to mop up your hormones. And the kind of the other thing about it is they're really high in fiber. So they're going to help with digestion, which is like a little double win. We've mopped up the hormones. Okay, so we have these sponges. Let's say you are eating your plant-based proteins. Now, what's next? I need to get rid of these. These are bad sponges. These need to be eliminated as quickly as possible. And the thing that gets these from A to B, so down to the gut, we're going to poo them out. We're going to get rid of them once and for all, are our leafy green vegetables. And this is the final problem in the world of PMS because we do not eat enough greens. Because these greens are things like kale and broccoli cauliflower, your bok choy, your Brussels sprouts, like it's it's literally the hardcore leafy greens. You might be great to have on your green peppers or a bit of peas or a bit of asparagus here and there, but unless you're having these really cruciferous leafy green veg, it's very, very difficult for your body to get rid of these hormones or get r- rid of these sponges. I've talked about this already in my skin, um, my acne podcast, so it might sound familiar to you. But the little magic ingredient here is a little thing called DIM. And I always say DIM is like the bus that collects your hormones. So if you had broccoli with your Sunday roast and now today's Wednesday and you haven't had any leafy greens since then, your bus is sitting at the terminal. It's nowhere to go. Your Eastern's in the corner being like, well, I'm getting annoyed. Do you know what? I'm actually just going to go over here and make her a boob sore because I've nothing else to do. And this is actually what happens is your hormones keep getting recirculated through the system until they're eliminated from the body. So getting in as much leafy greens is absolutely essential for hormones. So the last little step, the bus comes, goes down to the gut and then you poo it out. So you can understand now as well the reason why constipation can make this worse. Let's say you are having your leafy greens. Let's say you are having your phytoestrogens. Let's say you have reduced your dairy and then the bus comes, it's sitting in your digestion and nothing happens for two days because you're constipated. Again, the hormones get recirculated back in. Supplement wise here, there's certain things we can add in as well to support estrogen levels. Um, I love zinc because zinc works on inflammation in the body and inflammation makes periods heavy as well. 
So zinc is a really, really lovely supplement there to add in. Just be very careful if you're prone to being low in iron, zinc and iron compete for absorption. So I'm very cautious of that. If you're off the pill and um, you're just getting your periods back, you're probably low in zinc because the pill depletes zinc absorption. So I'm always trying to get clients who've just been on the pill to take zinc definitely for at least kind of three months. Um, the other ones that I love would be probiotics. If you are suffering with digestive issues, I find probiotics really, really beneficial. There's loads of different types. Again, it'd probably be too much detail for me to go into it today, but even just pop into a health shop and have a chat with people in there and they might be able to advise you. Um, we have a lovely one on our shop called Merlac. You'll get, again, 10% off that one if you want to try it. And I love BioCult, which is another one you're going to get in the shop. Um, the other things that we use for Eastern is omega-3. And this is why I put omega-3 in with the PMS pack on my shop because omega-3, again, is anti-inflammatory. And those symptoms, the painful acne, the sore boobs, the migraines, the cramps, that's all, I would say, like fire in the body. It's all inflammation in the body. And omega-3 will help with this. Um, so we have your zinc, we have your omega-3s. Um, DIM is the other supplement. And DIM, again, is that magic little guy picking up your hormones. I don't recommend DIM for everyone, especially if you're constipated, because DIM, make, DIM it's like as if I always say you're putting all the, the bowl kids at the back of the class together. Now, there's obviously going to be havoc if they're all together at the back of the class. That's what DIM is kind of doing. It's putting all these bad hormones on the bus together. If you're not getting rid of them properly, there's going to be a bit of problem. So I don't recommend DIM if you are constipated. But there's definitely some supplements there as well that you could try. So I think step one for anyone listening is try and figure out whether it's too much estrogen or whether you're lacking severely in progesterone from being stressed and then try and put a little plan in place for yourself with the plant-based proteins, with your oats, maybe reducing the milk. Look at all your products you're using. Can we get rid of the perfume when you're working from home? Do you have to wear fake tan every day? If so, get tan organic. So it's all like little, little steps we can do there. So I hope the last 30 minutes has given you some insight into the world of PMS. As you can see, it's so easy to go wrong. And what I would always say is your period is your monthly report card. So if you have a month, you're doing everything, you took your supplements, you're feeling great, you're having your sleep, you're doing your green smoothies, and you're like, oh my God, I forgot I was getting my period today. That's mad. Like that can happen. I promise you that can happen. Um, and then the next month you're up the walls. You've had COVID, you were on antibiotics, you had a deadline in work, you had exams to do, your mom was sick, whatever it was. And all of a sudden your period was horrific that month. It's because you were more stressed that you can't lie to your period sometimes. Like I would say, you know, some people might might be like, are you all right? Like, yeah, hey, I'm grand, everything's great. No, no, your period knows, your body knows. So if don't be disheartened if you feel like oh, I was great last month and this month's gone backwards again. Be realistic with yourself, take a step back, go through all the tips I went through today and try and figure out where you went wrong. Um, I would love if you could go on and follow us on Spotify and please rate us if you enjoyed the episode because it does help me so much. Um, and please share it. Like the big thing I'll say about this podcast is I do this for free because I want to give you the information. So it's so important that the message gets out there. So send it into your gal's WhatsApp groups, you know, send it to your family, your cousins. If you're a secondary school teacher, definitely tell your class because this, oh my God, I would love to have known this in school. Think about how beneficial this information is. Um, and I will chat to you all in the next episode.